Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. By Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. And by RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. On the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, pretty much every podcast platform is now streaming Speaking of Travel. And be sure when you visit that speakingoftravel.net website to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, travel tips, and uplifting travel stories to remind you we are all in this together. And speaking of all of us being in this together, the Asheville Regional Airport's dedicated team is working hard to keep the airport safe and operational during this uncertain time. And as we know, every week can change everything. And it's really important to know what's current when it comes to air travel and what we need to know. So I'm here with Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport, so we can stay informed. Tina, thank you so much for being on the show today. Marilyn, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, Tina, things have changed. Things are changing every week. I know that school's back Things have slowed down a little bit, but there's still a lot going on over at the Asheville Regional Airport. Fill us in. There is. We, um, you know, air travel continues to um, happen here at the airport. And August, it looks like, is going to be our busiest month so far since um, everything began with the pandemic in our country. Um, As we've talked about, um, a precipitous drop in air travel took place mid-March all the way through April and May, and then we've been seeing some travel pick back up. And it looks like um, we're seeing a lot, most of the travel is leisure travel. Um, And, you know, we're seeing about two to 3,000 passengers a day, uh, down about um, 50 to 60 percent of where we usually are this time of year. But that tracks along with national trends. um, And so that's just a good snapshot of what's happening in the air service space right now. And I know that you have a lot of information. The Asheville Regional Airport has a lot of information on your website. Tell us the uh, website and walk us through that a little bit, what you have on the website and what kind of information people can get by by going there. Absolutely. So, you know, um, we try to make it very easy. Uh, our website is we look at it as a way to provide needed and helpful information for travelers or people who need to come to the airport or they're con- uh, considering planning a trip uh, and flying out of Asheville. So 
on our homepage, and the, the website is easy to remember. It's flyavl.com. And right on the homepage, we have um, links to some really helpful information. And one of them is a page that we've titled AVL Travel Smart. And on that page, and you can get it, get to it straight from the homepage, um, it outlines everything that we are doing at the airport to promote health and safety. Basically, our response to uh, COVID-19 and, you know, what we are doing as a responsible member of our community and uh, part of many people's travel journey, what we are doing to make their journey um, as safe as possible while they're in the Asheville Regional Airport. So that information is going to be extremely helpful because it will break down for us what we need to know as far as what to bring and uh, what the protocols are, because those have changed a little bit when we go to the airport now. That's right. So we also include links to some um, some helpful uh, information that is provided by the Transportation Security Administration, and I think that's what you're talking about. The TSA um, has made some changes in how they do security screening um, when you are go, you know, when you get in line and you go through security screening to before you go to the gate to get on your airplane. So, you know, the TSA, some of their procedures that they are changing, um, travelers are being asked to keep possession of their boarding passes um, and to self-scan them at the podium. That's just to limit, you know, other people having to touch your boarding pass. And then travelers will separate their food that they're planning to bring on board um, and have that screened separately. Um, it, it needs to be put in clear plastic bags and placed into a bin with no other items. Um, and this is another way uh, to reduce touch points. And the reason for that is because food often triggers alarms in that screening process, which requires the TSA officers to open luggage and look through it and do additional screenings. So by, by separating that food and screening it uh, on its own, there's a potential that those touch points will be reduced. Um, and then, you know, you can bring a 12 ounce bottle of hand sanitizer. It doesn't have to be the normal 3.4 ounces or less with you uh, on the airplane. And there's, there are other things. So we provide a link to the TSA information and then also to all the airlines that serve Asheville Regional Airport. They all have very robust uh, things that they are doing in response to COVID. So we just try to make it really easy for travelers to access all of that from one place. Well, that's going to be, that is so important as we uh, continue to make plans and dream and uh, and look forward to the time that we can actually be traveling again because we talked about this before last week was being able to really think about where we want to go and start making some plans, doing some research for, for the future, uh, that airlines are becoming a little bit more flexible, and all of that is on your website, all that type of information, right? That's correct. It's really what we try to do is just make it a click away. So we will have lots of places where you can click and go to the airline information. You know, every airline is different, but like you said, they, they're not only are they focusing on health and safety measures, but they're focusing on booking flexibility and travel flexibility, understanding that travelers may have some hesitation about booking those flights right now because there's some uncertainty. They don't know what's happening um, out there in the world right now, what will be the case in three months or six months from now, et cetera. So they're building in some flexibility that's really valuable to the traveler. Um, and I encourage people to dream and go and look uh, and see what kind of fl flight options are available right now. It's, it's fun to do. Um, there are some deals to be had. Um, you know, it's a great time to dream and even go ahead and, and commit and book those tickets, uh, knowing that there's some flexibility should plans need to change. 
Well, that makes me very hopeful and very excited because, you know, I think over these last months, we've all been wanting to get to that next step. Like, when can we even start making plans? And now is the time. So I encourage everybody to go to the Asheville Regional Airport website. And also, Tina, you have uh, a way that we can sign up for your newsletter right there on the website. That's right. And we do. We only send it out once a month. And we work very hard to make sure the information is of value to travelers, people who are interested in Asheville Regional Airport and what's available here locally. Um, And so, yes, you can go right to our website, flyavl.com. There's an easy place. Uh, You scroll down to the bottom. It's in what we call our social hub. And there's just a sign up location right there. Um, And all you have to do is give your email and you're on our list. Wow. Well, that's, I get that. And I have to say, it's always valuable information and it's always current. And given the circumstances of our times, being current is critically important. And Tina, before we go, I want to give a shout out. You have a new flight starting pretty soon. Tell us about that real quick. We do. It's so fun to have good news like that in these times. But Allegiant uh, Airlines is starting nonstop, twice weekly service to Boston, and that starts September the 3rd. Well, I'm going to look into that for sure, because Boston has always been one of my favorite places to go. And what what a wonderful time in the in the fall to be able to to get up there. Well, Tina, thank you so much for getting us back uh, uh, in touch with what's going on over there. And tell us again how we can get to your website. It's very easy. It is a fly and then our airport code, avl.com. Well, that is easy enough. Well, I know when we're ready, you're ready, right? Absolutely. We are. Well, thank you, Tina. This is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. And coming up next is Victoria Bond. She's a celebrated composer and conductor who knows what it means to take that first courageous step into uncharted territory. Over the course of her career, she's become a major force in 21st century music with awards and commissions from leading art organizations from around the world because traveling has always been a big part of her creative life. And she's going to share why exploring new places and new cultures opened her eyes to the greater world and really brought out her most creative self. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Kay, the owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. We share our beautiful city in the mountains of Western North Carolina from the rooftops with people from our community, around the country, and around the world. Our tours are well known for the spectacular scenery, the award-winning rooftop bars, and the captivating city history we share from the rooftops. We take traveling during these COVID-19 recovering times seriously. We've implemented CDC cleaning and sanitation protocols, require staff health screenings before our tours, and provide our tour guests with face coverings if they need one. We are excited to welcome you on an Asheville rooftop bar tour and provide a way for you to safely experience Asheville from a bird's eye view. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is an 800-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is just around the corner, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures to be found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Welcome to Summertime in Subieville, where even a sizzling summer can't stifle your spirit of adventure. From the refreshing refuge of the riverbanks to the breezy peaks of the Blue Ridge Mountains, our backyard boasts a wide variety of outdoor adventures to help keep you calm, cool, and collected in the high heat of summer. Adventure is the name of the game, and what better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru Outback to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle. Adventure awaits. The Subaru A Lot to Love event, now through August 31st at Prestige Subaru. 599 Tunnel Road, Nash or online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Welcome to Subieville. 
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Thanks, Tina, for the airport update. We're really looking forward to hanging out over there as we wait for our flight. Well, you know, the other day I was watching a documentary about Native American art, and I was thinking about the time that I went to the Native American Art Festival in Santa Fe, New Mexico. There were over 200 artists there, and they were specifically invited by the Museum of Indian Arts and Culture because they were the best and brightest of the Indian art world. Well, I stood in front of this breathtaking marble Native American Indian warrior statue. I mean, my mouth was open. And I asked the artist, how did you do that? How do you create this work of such beauty? Well, he told me he looks at the marble, he looks it over for some time, he closes his eyes, and he imagines the image is there. And then he knows what to do. Well, you know, imagination is not about escaping from reality. It's the art of the possible. It teaches curiosity and flexibility of thought. Everything around us, everything, sadness and happiness, is filtered through our memory and imagination. And these stories begin to reflect our world and the things that we know are special. Well, I'm very honored and so excited to spend time today speaking to Victoria Bond, a creator of magic. Victoria leads a multifaceted career as a composer and conductor. And for Victoria, traveling has always been a part of her creative life. And she dared to embrace possibilities as a pioneer and a trailblazer. And Victoria, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today. My pleasure to be here. Well, Victoria, give us a little backstory about yourself, because you have been a trailblazer. You've been that person who says, by God, I'm going to go for this, even if nobody else has ever done it before. Give us a little backstory of how that even came to be. Well, I come from a long line of pioneers. My grandmother was actually born in Israel when it was still under the uh, Turks, And so she was born in a tent and rode a donkey to school. And I consider her the the primal pioneer in my life. My mother was also very much a pioneer. She was a a concert pianist and she traveled as a teenager giving concerts all over Europe and uh, told me of her stories of travel, lots and lots of travel. And uh, so she was a pioneer also at a time when women really did not have that kind of independence. So I, I feel like I come from a long line of pioneer women in particular. Well, that is indeed a blessing right there to have those role models to kind of propel you on your path. So was music always something that was a part of uh, your being Um, I come from a long line of musicians. My parents were both professional musicians. My grandparents were musicians. It goes back many generations. And so it was always assumed that I would be a musician. I actually had to go away from it in order to come back to it and realize that it was something that that was my path and it was something I had to do, not just something I was expected to do. So what did you do next? How did you decide once that came into your head, okay, this is what I really want to do. This is my path. How did you move forward? Well, I, as, a, as a child, as an infant, I heard music around me all the time. And so I improvised and then started my um, formal piano lessons and then singing lessons. And as I say, I went away from it, but just very briefly, I had to come back to it. And composition was always from the very beginning. I used to make up stories and uh, pictures on the piano. And so um, being a composer was always at the, at the ground, at the root level of what I wanted to do. But both of, most, both of my parents, because they were performers, they said, you have to have a performing instrument. So at first that was going to be piano because my mother was a pianist. And then it was going to be singing because my father was a singer. And uh, uh, the composer part, they said, well, you know, you have to have an instrument first. But composition was always there. So it turns out that my performing life became as a conductor. 
but my background as a singer and as a pianist were very, very helpful in that. And all of my early travels really had to do with conducting. I was invited to guest conduct in many places. Um, my first job was with the uh, Pittsburgh Symphony. So I was commuting back and forth between Pittsburgh and my home in New York. And uh, I was on a plane every week, absolutely every week. So travel was just completely normal. I would imagine with all that travel and, and also just being in front of this symphony and conducting all the imagery that's going on in your head. I mean, you've got all the notes and the, the different personalities of the people who are performing on top of the, uh, the composition itself. And here you are leading all of that. What, what's going on in your head during all of that, Victoria? Well, there's a lot of noise in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one can filter it out and make it into music, but yeah, there's always a lot going on in there. And actually what I'm relishing these days, I know we're, we're all in quarantine, but what I'm relishing these days is the quiet because it gives me the opportunity to listen discreetly to various elements that are in my brain and that are going on. I take long walks every day and um, I, I'm able to really focus in a lot more, a lot more easily than when I'm constantly running from place to place. So um, this has been a, a, a kind of a, a wonderful silver lining to uh, the situation that we're in right now. Well, the the quiet and the walking and being outside and where I live here in Western North Carolina, we are surrounded by forest. So we, I spend, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time in nature. And nature is a place where, like you were saying, is is so uh, real. It's so authentic. And, and it's so refreshing. And that's what I'm finding. We're, we're um, quarantining at our home in East Hampton. And we are also in a forest, believe it or not. There are forests very close to New York City. Um, so we're surrounded by trees who I consider to be some of my best friends. And um, nature to me is inspiring, is nurturing, um, is calming, is, is stimulating. It's so many things in, in one. And it's interesting also to look back in musical history, those composers to whom taking long walks like Beethoven, like Mozart, like Brahms, I mean, they have it in their writings and their letters, how uh, walking and being in nature was so important to them. So here we are, happily in nature. It is, a, a like you said, a silver lining, because sometimes we take we would take advantage, uh, or we wouldn't take advantage, that we have all this beauty right around us, because we're hustling and bustling and going about our day and going about our business with, like you said, all that noise. And now we have this opportunity to kind of go go within. And that brings me to your ideas, because as a composer, where where do you get these ideas? I would imagine that you get them as you're walking and thinking and observing. I do. As a matter of fact, I get most of my best ideas when I'm not sitting at the piano, at the computer, at the desk. I get it when I'm out doing other things, such as walking, as I said, happens to be prime. Um, however, some of the ideas that I get have to do with my travels. And I know this show focuses on travels. So many of my compositions have to do with the places that I've been and the music that I've heard there and just the experiences of traveling. Well, when we come back, Victoria, I really would like to pick up right there and talk about that because we are in a situation right now where we're not able to travel as much as we, we would love to be able to do and how that is affecting where you are today. So thank you. Victoria Bond is here with me on Speaking of Travel. We'll be right back.
If you want to truly experience a city, dart at the top. With Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, you'll capture the true spirit of Asheville, North Carolina on our one-of-a-kind award-winning tours. You'll experience our city's highly acclaimed rooftop bars, see Asheville's scenic beauty and historic landmarks, and feel the history of our city unfold before you, all on this uniquely crafted tour. We take care of every detail, including band show for transportation, sample cocktails and mocktails at each rooftop bar, and there's plenty of snacks and bottled water on the band to enjoy between stops. Come see why Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours is top of the city and top of mind for the best things to do in Asheville, North Carolina. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is an 800-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is just around the corner, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures to be found across western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here with Victoria Bond. Victoria is a composer, a conductor. Victoria, you've, you've got a long line of um, words after your name. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot of initials. Not a Just... lot of initials, but you definitely have a lot of experience in so many different realms of music and travel and... And so much of what you put into your words and into your compositions come from your travels. Let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, um, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, who is a a member of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and with whom I went through school, um, started a group that was Eastern Western. It was called Dragon and Phoenix, and it involved Eastern uh, Chinese instruments, Erhu and Pipa, and two Western instruments. He is a clarinetist and bass clarinetist, and his wife is a clarinetist. So he said, well, why don't you write a piece for our group and commission me to do that? And um, I thought, well, bridges seems like appropriate, a bridge between the East and the West. But then I thought, well, why don't I do it on some specific bridges? And one of the uh, bridges is uh, a railroad trestle bridge in Galax, Virginia. Now you might say, well, what does China, what do Chinese instruments have to do with Galax, Virginia and a, a kind of a country and Western feeling? And that's because the two Chinese instruments, Arhu and Pipa, remind me very much of banjo and fiddle. So I wrote a banjo and fiddle piece for two Chinese instruments and two Western instruments. And um, he liked it so much I did uh, several other movements. There's the Brooklyn Bridge. There's the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and this one is a stone bridge in Suzhou, China, um, a Chinese um, uh, bridge, which I actually saw. So um, the influence of Chinese music, which is incidentally very closely um, uh related to American folk music because they both use a similar scale, which is called the pentatonic scale, five-note scale. And so much of our American folk music uses a five-note scale, as does so much Chinese music. So there's a tremendous relationship between the folk musics of both of our cultures, and that's what I was tapping into uh, with this railroad trestle bridge. Well, we're going to hear a little bit of it as we take our break. It really does sound like a railroad trestle, that there's a railroad. 
And that was the point. I, I love I love the rhythm of a train, and that's what I wanted to express. Well, you did. You you were right on the mark there, Victoria. <laughs> so you also have done quite a bit of work around the adventures of Gulliver, of Gulliver's travels. Now, talk about a big imagination. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, Gulliver's travels has been uh, an important story for me for many many years, and I've done three different versions of it. Um, the most recent one is called uh, The Adventures of Gulliver, and it, uh, it takes off from the actual uh, adventures that Jonathan Swift enumerates in his book. Um, I think that we're all fascinated by the uh, thought of being um, small among giants, of being a giant among small people, of being a human among animals. Um, children really understand this, but of course, Jonathan Swift, with his fantastic sense of satire and irony, um, this is really a, a political statement and a political statement that has meaning today. It's not dated in any way whatsoever, but he counters it in this wonderful adventure story. And I was very intrigued because you can take it on so many levels. You can take it as just this great adventure among all of these exotic, strange places. Um, and then you can go deeper and deeper into the levels of meaning. Um, so it's appropriate for children and appropriate for adults. And my two collaborators, um, Stephen Greco, librettist, and Doug Fitch, director, uh, the three of us have decided that this is going to be a puppet opera, an opera composed specifically for puppets which also has a precedence in that um, uh, Manuel de Falla and several other composers, Haydn, wrote uh, operas specifically for puppets. So uh, we're continuing that tradition, and it's called The Adventures of Gulliver. And Victoria, how can somebody uh, connect with you and, and find out more and listen to some of your music? You have a website? I have several websites. Uh, first of all, www.victoriabond.com will bring you to my main website. Then I have another website specifically for an opera I wrote about the first woman to run for president. I know it's not specifically about travel, although I guess we can call it time travel. And that's www.mrspresidenttheopera.com. And that's all one word, no dots, no capitalization. Um, and then there's a third website because I, ha I, am, I produce a, a new music series called Cutting Edge Concerts, and that is www.cuttingedgeconcerts.com. I think it's .org, sorry. Oh, .org. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because, you know, as you're talking and we're thinking about traveling and, and imagination and being able to uh, let our minds uh, drift and, and bring in all the, the thoughts and the imagery into, into your work. What is it like now that you're, you're here, um, you're not conducting, you're not out doing what you've been doing? I know you, you take walks, you appreciate the quiet. What else are you doing right now to uh, continue to have this creative, your creative juices flowing. The drama is in my head. That's where it all takes place. What's happening on the outside can feed into that, but it isn't a one-to-one -one relationship. And so uh, the sound and the music is always going on in my head. As a matter of fact, it's difficult because there's no off switch. So sleeping is a problem because it's going on all the time. So there's no shortage of, uh, I have several commissioned works that I'm working on this summer, um, and there's no shortage of ideas going on. It really doesn't depend on outside stimulation at all. Let's go back to the Gulliver's Travels. You're imagining what that, what Jonathan Swift was doing and, and all this imagery, and then how does that translate in your head into the music? Well, music comes first. Actually, the imagery, I am not primarily a visual person. I happen to be nearsighted, and my sense of sight is not nearly as acute as my sense of hearing. Um, so for me, 
the imagination really takes the form first and foremost of music. And that was always true, even as a small child. I used to imitate animal sounds and I used to sing a lot and, and play, as I say, improvise on the piano before I could even read music. So sound is first. It's translating that into something um, visual that I depend on other people. And that's why I like working with directors. I like working with choreographers. Um, I'm actually um, just finished a piece that's based on a painting of Georgia O'Keeffe. And that's interesting. I mean, I'm getting off the subject of travel a little bit, and I don't know if you want to stick to our focus, but this piece is called Blue and Green Music, and that's the name of Georgia O'Keeffe's painting. And so the painting was the original jumping off point because that I wanted to do something. I've always loved her work and this painting in particular. Um, but then once the notes are started, um, they take over. And so then it's a musical journey rather than translating anything visual into um, notes with one exception, and that is choreography and ballet. And there, the kinetic movement has so much to do with rhythm and um, with, um, with, with things that relate directly on a one-to-one -one basis with music. And particularly since that music and those movements are going to be wedded together, I have had the experience of working side by side with choreographers. Well, you have had a, an incredible journey it, when you talk about travel. It transcends into everything that you do, really, Victoria, uh, because you are on a journey and you're bringing us along. And for that, I, I say thank you for all that you do and, and sharing with all of us this beauty that is being created in your being. Thank you. We don't have time to talk about one other piece, do we? Not this time, but we'll okay, come back. Because the Atlas of Imaginary Places is what uh, is the most recent piece it's something i'm actually writing right now and that taps in because it's not real places these are imaginary places well we love the imaginary places so yes. why don't we make a deal right now that you'll come okay. back on speaking of right. travel imagination and fantasy is definitely right. becoming a theme uh, as we move into these times and for right. that we celebrate Great, great. So I'd love to talk about that with you because it is travel and, and travel of a very special nature. Well, we love that. And we love great. you, Victoria. Thank you, oh, thank you so Marilyn. much for being on the show today. It really is My pleasure. a pleasure for all of us. And we will definitely do part two. We'll do part two. <laughs> thank you so much, Victoria Bond. This is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Coming up next is Clara Curtis of the North Carolina Arboretum. That is the jewel situated in North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains, just outside Asheville. And I'll tell you, the North Carolina Arboretum is a place of unparalleled beauty, and it's fun for the entire family. So find out all there is to see and do so you can make your plans to visit. We'll be right back. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'd like to invite you to travel with me on a virtual tour of two UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Pull up Google Earth in your browser and type in UNESCO, that's U-N-E-S-C-O. Number 23 and 24 on the map are jaw-dropping structural masterpieces as a result of strict conditions imposed by the Roman Emperor in the mid-1600s. Three Protestant churches were permitted to be constructed in this region of Poland but were required to be built only of wood and clay. To meet this and other specifications, the builders of the Churches of Peace had to rely on what UNESCO calls 
pioneering constructional and architectural solutions of a scale and complexity unknown before or since in wooden architecture. The Google Earth tour of these two sites will have you walking right up to the colorful wooden sculptures and looking up through the mind-bending multi-tier galleries up to the decorated ceilings of these timber-framed masterpieces. Another thing to know about Poland, the country is currently investing heavily in its hospitals, which have become a hotspot for medical tourism in Europe. I hope you'll enjoy your virtual tour of these two incredible Polish churches on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'm wishing you all the best for your travels near and far. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, last week, I took a trip over to the North Carolina Arboretum to stroll around and see the incredible Lego exhibit. I'll tell you, the afternoon was spectacular, and it was such a wonderful way to enjoy time outside. Well, I'm here with Senior Director for Mission Delivery, Clara Curtis, to talk about the Arboretum and all they have going on now. And welcome to the show, Clara. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And also, thank you for being a partner with RomanticAsheville.com. They're such a great online resource. And a terrific supporter of the Arboretum. Yes. So when I was there the other day, Clara, it was such a, I just felt so alive. We were walking around outside and checking out the Lego exhibit and all the beautiful, uh, the, the beautiful landscaping and everything that is about the Arboretum. It's such a jewel. Let me ask you what is going on there right now as far as protecting guests uh, during this uh, pandemic time. Well, it's very important to us that our guests feel safe when they come to the Arboretum um, and have a perception and really visually see that we are requiring um, folks to wear a mask when they come inside our Baker Exhibit Center, 11 years old uh, and older must wear a mask. We are providing within that facility our restrooms, our shop, uh, soon a new exhibit will open and we're providing a way to purchase memberships. Um, we're protecting our staff. Our staff is also wearing their mask and they're behind plexiglass shields. We're limiting the number of people, 10 persons that can go in the shop at any one time. Outdoors in North Carolina, you know, masks are not mandated, but outside we have plenty of reminders to have your mask available when you can't be six feet away from someone you need to put your mask on even outdoors. We're monitoring the um, crowds that are coming to see the Lego exhibit because it is quite the draw and uh, reminding people in more of our more intimate garden spaces like the Bonsai Exhibition Garden Again, reminding people to keep that six foot distance, wash your hands and wear your mask, all those things that we're trying so hard to uphold for, um, for our health as we're outdoors. So those are some of the things that we're doing. Our bistro is serving through an outside window and you can dine outdoors. Um, we, um, we feel like these are things. And then on our trails, we also have signage we're also addressing uh, folks who maybe are uh, exercising and maybe not keeping those distance. We're talking to those folks and making sure they understand that we're all in this together. We need to protect each other uh, and asking for their help and compliance. Those are a few things, Marilyn. Well, those are wonderful things, and, and I felt very safe there. And also, I have to give a shout out to the signage is so engaging. It's it's fun and uh, whimsical and really tells you what you need to know, but in a way that is not strict and stern, but instead fun, which is what you get when you go to the Arboretum. And I have to tell you that Lego exhibit, that was something else. It was a wow factor exhibit. Uh, lots of space in between. They're not all clustered together. You walk around and you uh, and you can stroll around and see them all. Give us a, uh, an idea of when that is going to be running and how long people have to get over there to take a look. 
The Nature Connects Art with Lego Bricks exhibit is um, here through November 1st. So you have lots of time still to come out and see the exhibit, bring your family, bring friends. Uh, it really is an exhibit that you can enjoy with lots of members of your family, interge intergenerational groups, and it's so much fun to come and be outdoors to see the beautiful sculptures. Well, you have a lot going on over there, Claire. There's always something uh, scheduled and, and activities for the whole family. Give us uh, some ideas on what else is happening over there now and what we can make some plans to, to enjoy at the North Carolina Arboretum. Well, alongside the Lego exhibit, we actually have a special evening event where you can see the Lego sculptures lit at night with colorful lighting. And that event is called Arbor Evenings and it runs through September 26th, Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights from eight to 11 p.m. This is a $5 per person ticket and it's a benefit for the Arboretum Society and Mana Food Bank. So it's a fun way to come out in the evening, hear some live music that's played outdoors, stroll the gardens, and enjoy just being out in the beautiful summer and early fall evenings. Well, when you mentioned fall, just the other night, uh, we actually had a little fire pit going because it felt it felt a little fallish. There was a little nip in the air. And you've got a lot going on in the fall over at the Arboretum. Talk a little bit about that. In the fall, the Arboretum is over 400 acres. And so lo local members and fam families in the area and also our visitors to Asheville, we're very accessible. We're a very easy set of trails, over 10 miles of trails that you can come and park and walk and be outdoors. The Arboretum has many tree species, and so we're going to have fall co color from those tree species spread over many weeks of the fall. So early, early fall colors like the sourwood and dogwood will really begin in September. So you're right, Marilyn, it does sometimes feel this time of year like a crisp evening uh, begins to give you that feeling of fall. It is so beautiful there, too, with your... Um... Your quilt garden is just absolutely spectacular. Uh, the water features that you have over there. And I have to tell you, one of my very favorite activities at the North Carolina Arboretum with my family is to go to the winter lights. What's going to happen there this year? Winter lights this year, um, as with many things in 2020, we are changing the show so that it can be safely explored and enjoyed with your family. We're changing winter lights to a driving show. It will open on November 20th and run through January 10th of 2021. The cost will be $25 for your vehicle um, pre-sale online and $30 at the gate. And we hope that our community and members will enjoy the show. It'll be completely different than the walking show that you may have come to in past. But we're excited to have something new for the community. Well, it's so wonderful that that you have um, been forward thinking of what the year is going to look like as it unfolds and being able to make uh, those kind of accommodations to ensure that there's still so much to see and do when you go to the Arboretum. Tell us your website so people can get online and and view everything that you have going on. And I definitely want to give a shout out to your membership, being able to get an annual membership. Tell us a little bit about that too. Sure. Our Arboretum website is very easy. It's ncarboretum.org. Tickets for Winter Lights will go on sale September 1st. I did uh, leave that out when we were talking about that earlier. Um, our membership is very affordable. We offer several membership levels, and you can check all that out on our website on those Join and Give membership pages. Well, I know that being able to go back again and again and again is something that everybody in Western North Carolina uh, loves to do. Uh, it's definitely a destination for people who are visiting to go out to the Arboretum and uh, visit and walk your trails, see your exhibits. I do want to say I love your bonsai exhibit. 
makes me so happy to see these these trees that are major trees that are done in a bonsai style. It's absolutely spectacular. Well, thank you, Marilyn. Yes, that collection is definitely a gem um, in the Southeast and in the United States. I would wager it's uh, well known. Um, we're going to credit our curator, Arthur Jura, for all his artistry and hard work through many years here at the Arboretum of caring for and developing that collection. Many of those trees are native species trees, uh, which is not something that you often see. So those people who maybe are curious about bonsai and not quite sure, really we want you to come in and see that collection and enjoy it, as well as the gardens that change seasonally. So if you're thinking, oh, maybe I've already been there, Things change throughout the seasons. We also change our exhibits. So there are new things to see to come back. We'll be debuting a brand new exhibit in late September that um, features the Arctic. And we're very excited to be able to show this beautiful photography. And the exhibit is called Into the Arctic. Check out our website and find out those opening dates. And uh, we'd love to have you come and visit us. Well, that all sounds wonderful, Clara. Thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today and filling us in on what's happening at the North Carolina Arboretum. We are all going to enjoy being over there and, and being outside and, and seeing your exhibits. So thank you for all that you do and, and thank you to your team because I know that they're all working hard to ensure that we're safe and, and have a good time. Thank you, Marilyn. It's been a pleasure to be here today. You bet. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want to thank Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport for that update. We are always wanting to be informed on what's going on in aviation and right here in our own backyard. I want to thank Victoria Bond for being here and sharing her travel experiences and her beautiful music. And thank you to Clara from the North Carolina Arboretum. This is a great week to get outside. Take a trip over to the Arboretum. Take a walk, take a hike, check out their Lego exhibit, go online, find out what they have coming up, and really take some time to keep dreaming about travel. Because before you know it, we're going to be able to to get out and and visit other places and this is a good time to do some research make a list keep a journal because remember life is short don't postpone joy 